Welcome to the new Chemist Podcast. We're so glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Stitcher, and a variety of other platforms. Here on the new Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is a science of change, as well as other sciences, careers, community research, Nobel Prize laureates in chemistry, community leaders, environmental change, and the analysis of Nobel Prize laureate speeches. We're so happy you're tuning in. My guest today is Teresa Ferguson. Thanks for joining me today. It is so good to hear from you. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. So just before I introduce Teresa Ferguson, in this phase of the podcast, we're going to be zooming in and zooming out of career phases, from those who are developing leaders to those who are established and veteran pioneers in their fields. We're trying to introduce and inform and provide access to career insights and scientific information with intentionality and design. So today we have Madam President for Compass Club, the Compass Club of Grand Bahama, a young leader who is a human resource management major at a leading tertiary institution in the Bahamas, the University of the Bahamas. She currently serves as the President of Compass Club of Grand Bahama, a community advisor for the Eco Club of Mary Star of the Sea. She's also a owner of a baking business, These Sweets. She aspires to be a news anchor and a member of parliament for East Grand Bahama. In her free time, she enjoys listening to music, participating in debating and speech competitions, learning new things while making a significant difference in her environment academically, socially, and environmentally. Please welcome Madam President of the Compass Club of Grand Bahama, Miss Teresa Ferguson, who by the way is also my younger sister. Madam President, it is good to have you on the podcast. Okay, Teresa, let's begin. So what have been your long-standing interests in the field of climate change and service? Would you mind sharing some of those? Okay, no problem. Um, it's great to be a guest on your podcast, by the way. What are some of my interest in climate change but first let's break this apart i'm gonna start off with the climate change aspect of the question as i would have mentioned i am a community advisor for the eco club of mary star of the sea of which is a club that i founded and that i was the president of when i attended secondary school I was the president for three years and under my leadership, we obtained bronze and silver recognition as well as we became an eco-school nationally. So climate change is a very important topic to me and I think it's very important to pay attention to various things we do in our everyday lives that could affect our environment. A lot of people 
don't necessarily take an interest in it because some people think, oh, it's already happening, so what do I have to do with that? But that's such a off mindset, I guess, to have. My take on it is it's our home, so we should have a selfish approach to our environment, especially if we want our children and our children's children to have a healthy and stable place to live in the future. So I always had an interest in climate change because of that, because I want to live in a stable environment. And eventually when I have children and when my children have children, I want them to live in an environment that is stable as well. Yes, yes. Uh, regarding service, I've always been a part of service clubs and organizations. Um, even when I didn't realize it, when I was in grade five, six, and seven, in the state of Georgia, Eastman to be exact, I used to participate in these brain awareness competitions through the pilot club. And it's so funny because I would have never thought five years later, five, six years later, I am now a part of the sister club to the pilot club. But going back to my point, it all started with my participation in those competitions. I placed second one year in the brain awareness competition. They usually do these competitions every year just to bring awareness about the brain to the community. And they incentivize the children who participate in it so they could feel inclined to continue to learn about brain awareness and brain safety. So I participated in it twice and I placed second and first. And a couple of years later, when I came back to the Bahamas, I joined the Anchor Club, which is another sister club to the Pilot Club. And I participated in that service club for four years. I served as the chaplain, the assistant chaplain. Then I served as president-elect. And in my last year, I served as the president. And in the Anchor Club, we do a lot of service, um, a lot of volunteer work. We went to the elderly home. We rendered our service to those who were in need throughout the community. We also went to the children's home and we did service right in our very own school. So service was always something that I took part in. And when I graduated from high school, it didn't end there. I joined the Compass Club, which is a newly chartered club on the island of Grand Bahama. This is our, our first year anniversary, actually, is coming up. It's coming April. I was just a participant last year. But this year, I'm now the president. Um, we do a lot of service projects as well. In fact, today, I just came from the children's home. We did a Brain Minders project to the, all the 
children, I deserve a home. Um, just teaching them about brand safety and the importance of keeping your brand safe. We also did some visits to the elderly home and we do monthly bleach cleanups to integrate the environmental aspect in our service as well. Because service isn't just for people, it's for the community as a whole, not just people, the whole community. Um, so yeah, service and climate change is very important and there are a lot of interests that I have pertaining to those two points. Okay, very good. Very good, very good. Yes, I completely agree. Climate change is so important and it's a pertinent topic during this time as we see whether it be the COP conferences or the climate change action plans that countries are enacting to ensure that the relevant protocols and procedures that are placed and organized so that we can have long-term resources and have more stable environments and cut down our carbon emissions and maintain a sense of stability as you mentioned earlier in our current environment and yes service does play a role it's so interesting how there's an interplay as we seek to improve our climate and seek to improve our environment our service interplays with that and it comes into play and it's very important so how do you maintain view of the bigger picture in your career and in your life in general. So as you are at UB, University of the Bahamas, how are you maintaining a view of your goals that you have set and you have planned, as well as what you have to do in the community? How do you maintain a view of the big picture for where you are right now? Well, first I'll start off with the facts. The University of the Bahamas is a very challenging place not necessarily academically but socially as well the setup of the university of the bahamas isn't the most ideal i'll say that so having that college experience taken away from you can be kind of challenging and discouraging as well so it is very difficult to keep an open mind and stay optimistic, especially when you don't have that ideal college experience or college setup in front of you. And this kind of ties back to the first question. Let me give a brief explanation of why I'm saying what I'm saying. In 2019, Hurricane Dorian destroyed the University of the Bahamas' campus. So fast forward to 2023, they're currently still trying to sort out all the details of the campus situation. So students are now subjected to attending classes at different secondary institutions on the island as well as different companies, corporations on the island. So it's very challenging at times and that's why it's also very important to keep in mind how we treat our environment because the gravity at which the hurricane came in and destroyed our island could have been prevented if better measures pertaining to the climate and our environment were taken beforehand. But because it got so bad, the hurricane was extremely bad as well 
So you have to take that into consideration because a lot of people are puzzled whenever we have these climate extremities. They wonder why it's so it's so harsh, why it's so bad, why it did what it did. It did what it did due to the fact that we didn't take care of it, the environment, we didn't do our part. So with all that being said, there is no campus and there is no college life. So it's very challenging, as I said, to be optimistic. Even in that instance, you still have to find some way to be positive. And I guess the way that I look at it is, I want to reach a certain goal in life. And if reaching that goal requires me to spend a little bit of time in the, this environment that isn't ideal, then I have to push through and I have to deal with it. I have to make do with what I have. And that's what I have been doing. At the end of the day, most people, generally speaking, want to achieve a state of success. No one wants to be a failure. And sometimes you have to do things you don't want to do in order to achieve that. And in my case, specifically, one of the things that I don't want to do, that I'm gonna have to go through it in order to achieve that state of success would be to make the best out of the University of the Bahamas, even though it's not exactly what I want. And eventually that, that phase will pass over and I'll be in a more ideal situation as time goes on. And when I get to that situation that is more ideal, I'm gonna face challenges there as well. I'm gonna be faced with many different people, professors, and scenarios in life that I wouldn't have experienced while in the previous setting. But in that instance, as I said, I have to deal with it and keep in mind that I want to attain a certain level of success so I have to go through the situations of which are uncomfortable at times. So that's how I think about it. I want to be successful so I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that success. And if that means being in an uncomfortable situation, then I will be in that uncomfortable situation. Okay, yeah, so thanks for, thanks for sharing that story and that narrative about your university experiences. So I would just add to that. In terms of uh, uncomfortable situations, I take it you were referring to like the crucible, the leadership developing experiences, the experiences that complement your growth, the development of your character, your fortitude, your triumphant nature to persevere and to push forward and to continue on in terms of your goals and pursuits. So yes, that is very important. And yes, the hurricane did do significant damages to the University of Cam the Bahamas uh, campuses on campus on Grand Bahama, uh, which I currently teach at. So um, it's definitely a challenge and I appreciate you sharing that. However, we're persevering, we're pushing forward and we're going to move forward and do our best in terms of uh, making a difference and helping in our community. So. How have you been adaptive and creative in your high school career? What, what would you say has been your creative flair? What would you say was like a high point, enjoyable moment, a significant time in which you saw your creativity shine um, during your high school career? Even your 
um, time as a, a student at the University of Bahamas, what would you say has been a shining moment for you in terms of creativity? Um, I'd say that I've been adopted in many ways in my high school career and my college career. One example for the high school would be the fact that at a very early age, I took an interest in the environment and I noticed that there weren't any environmental clubs that were fully established and running at Mary Stagg the Sea, Catholic Academy, my secondary institution, past secondary institution. So with that, I went and spoke to a few of my teachers and when they saw that I had an interest in, in it, they chose me and another student to attend a seminar that explained everything you had to do to start an eco club at your school. And at the seminar, there were other schools that had already obtained their eco school status. Some had obtained their flag already. Some already had obtained silver and bronze recognition. And then some, some schools were just there too gain information and see where they fit in that narrative. So after that meeting, I started the process of getting that club to our school and it was successful. I managed to integrate the eco club practices which were really focused on sustainability, conservation, and the four R's, reuse, reduce, recycle, and refuse. I was able to integrate that into our everyday life at school. We even, we even were able to get a vertical farming system placed in our school's campus that the Eco Club and the Gardening Club were able to take care of. So we made the best out of absolutely nothing because there was no eco club at our school and with a lot of hard work and dedication, we were able to create one and become noticed over the country, all around our country. And it was actually pretty fun. It gave us purpose throughout the school day. There was never a time that we could say there was nothing to do because there was always something to do. Whether it was escorting the primary section of the school out to the garden to teach them how to take care of it, or cleaning up the PE field, the Eco Club had everyone who was a part of it very, very, very busy. Uh, this is very good. This is very good. Uh, it's so, so commendable that uh, Y'all took the initiative to start the club um, and to also foster the club so that it could be sustained when y'all left high school. And I think it's so important for us to view our personal and professional narratives. Uh, it, it's a good practice to view them on a long trajectory. It's, it's a journey, not a sprint. And we have to enjoy the journey as we're going through it. 
and recognize that there's value even if we were to look at our uh, professional narratives or personal narratives even if we look at them as uh, uh, on the layout of like a two by two matrix in which you have career achievement on one axis and time on the other axis at every point of that axis at every point on that matrix there is value it may not seem that it, there is overwhelming value or in enjoyable moments but there is value even in some unattractive times where there is difficulty and challenge like you said there was not a club and I think many times for us when we want to see change the difference we want to see sometimes we have to be that difference we have to complement to creating the environment that we want to see to being the change we want to see to implementing the change we want to have case in point this duration of this podcast I didn't find a lot of podcasts that discuss science careers and all the things that I was interested in and things that would advice that would serve to help foster and help to boost and bolster the scientific arc and narrative of people's careers and that's why I stepped in and decided to do this so yeah it's completely it's completely commendable that y'all chose to start that club so how have you uh, sought or found the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually what do you do what process do you go through and go through in your mind when you're trying to decide on what initiative to start or what environment to become a part of or what club or community what do you go through what how do you process that what insight do you have to share on that well i know what i'm interested in so when it comes to choosing different clubs or choosing to start something or create something it usually comes from my personal interest i'm a person who likes to i'm a what's what's the word an extrovert yeah so i'm an extrovert i like to be seen i like to be heard just the non-traditional things of a female because you know not supposed to be seen or heard but I on the other hand I'm the opposite I am also very outgoing and I have a lot of leadership skills that I like to display so whenever I think about joining something I keep that in mind so with the Compass Club, while I didn't start that club, I'm a very strong leader in it right now. Mm-hmm. And it it had all the things that I was interested in. I'm also very interested in service, getting my name out there in the community, seeing that I am still very young, so I'm still trying to build my reputation and my name in the community. So service clubs and and initiatives are very important to me at this time and when I joined the Compass Club it was kind of like impulsive because it was just like okay from Anchor Club I'm going to Compass Club and I know when I'm finished with Compass Club I'm going directly into the pilot club because I feel like life wouldn't be complete without a service club on the side what is life without service what is it to be human without serving so it just was involuntary, I guess, that part. But with my business, for instance, I started that because 
I like to be, as I said, a leader. And a part of being a leader is being different, creative, doing things that nobody has done before. Mm -hmm. And while there are many baking businesses and treat businesses on the island of Kamahama and throughout the whole Bahamas, I feel as if I bring something different to the table all around. My prices, my flavor, my design, while I'm still trying to perfect it and work on different aspects within the business, I feel as if my business contributes to just the environment a little differently. Okay. Which is why I started that, because I wanted to start something different. I wanted to be in charge of something. And I thought that it was a great opportunity to just try something new, seeing that when I get older, I want to be a, like a larger scale entrepreneur. Should I say entrepreneur on a larger scale? I want to venture into bigger business ideas. So this is a good start. It's given me a feel of what I will get into later on. So that was with the business and then with service. But the question, the question as a whole, I haven't exactly figured out how to find the right environment to thrive scientifically and intellectually. As I get older, I will sort of, I guess, figure out a way, but as of now, I'm still trying to find that out. I haven't found out that specific way that I find the right environment. I'm still trying to figure that out as I go older. Okay, that's good, and I appreciate you sharing that, and I appreciate your honesty in acknowledging that you're still trying to figure out um, what works for you and how to find what works for you and that's so important self-discovery self-awareness uh, all of those things are very important and you know advice is good and advice is important but at the same time there are certain things that you have to develop through understanding yourself better and better so what are some of your priorities and how do you keep them as priorities so we already discussed the previous portion of this question but i want you to share how do you keep your priorities uh, as top or very important in your day-to-day operations? Again, I'm still trying to figure all of that out. Okay. But, but I'd say that some of my priorities would be getting my schoolwork done mm-hmm. and done on time, as well as ensuring that my club, the Compass Club, is in order. So in order to ensure that my schoolwork is done, I try my hardest to write down what I have to do for the week. And I try to get it done as simple as that. Sometimes it doesn't work out like that. Sometimes it's not done on time, but it's done. But I'm still working on that as well. And with the Compass Club, that that never has really been a challenge for me to stay on top of that. As I usually just whenever I have my my meetings, which are on the second and fourth Thursdays of the month, I create an agenda. I run through the agenda with the group. We come to a mutual agreement 
after mutual agreement is made, you will then execute the plans. So that's never a problem. Trying to keep that as a priority and, and prioritizing that. But in regards to regards to my academic life, while while the work gets done, sometimes it gets done in a, a fashion where it then stresses me out. So I'm still working on how to prioritize that and do that in a more efficient way. As well as I try to prioritize myself sometimes. That I'm really good at that. I'm really, really good at prioritizing myself. Sometimes I end up prioritizing myself a little bit too much. But we're going to try to find some type of equilibrium between the three. Okay, good, good. And I, I know for a fact that people are there champing and helping you and supporting you. So this is good. Thank you for your honesty in sharing. So as we conclude, uh, why did you choose um, business as a field to major in at UB? And what has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received? So let's deal with the first question. Why did you choose business? or human resource management rather, as a field to major in at UB? What piqued your curiosity? Or what piqued your curiosity in that field or space, whether it be business, human resource management, um, mass communications, whatever the case may be, that whole field, what piqued your curiosity to venture into that field as opposed to the sciences? Um, as I said, I really take pride in reading and being a leader, so when I looked into the description of a human resource manager, it kind of it kind of fit that mold. But when I started taking taking the courses following that major, I found out that it's very boring. So I lost interest in that, and I am trying to divert my thought process more towards mass communications and I'm still in the process of researching everything that has to do with mass communications but the brief research that I did do on the major it has me convinced that that is the one I really like the public speaking the debate the and elocution aspect of mass communications as well as English language and writing. While I don't like to write, it's been a strong point and speech has always been a strong point as well. I love speech and elocution, so mass communications is something that I'm looking into right now. But as far as business and human resource management, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. The only reason why I picked that was because I needed something to major in and I don't like science, which is ironic because my brother loves science and people think that family members think the same, which is very <laughs> ignorant, but that's how it is. But I don't like science. I, I, <laughs> it could be good in it, but I choose not to go into that direction okay that's fair so i am gonna stick to business and english okay and that's why i chose mass communication so that's why i'm about to choose 
mass communications. Okay. So as we conclude the last question, what has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received? What keeps you going? What encourages you? What lifts you up on hard days? What keeps you focused? What helps inspire and encourage you to keep going, to serve, to push forward, to pursue your goals? What has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received? Well, the people that surround me, I don't want to be negative, but in the, in the country that I live, advice and, and words of encouragement are very scarce. People love to criticize, so I wouldn't call it advice, I'd call it constructive criticism, and it wouldn't necessarily be words. This is solely just actions. You can tell when somebody does not believe in you or thinks less of you or considers you not to be as intelligent or as up to par with with what they would expect or what they've seen. And when you notice that something within you, I guess, goes off, and it makes you want to try harder, it makes you want to do better, it makes you want to succeed and excel so that in the future or in a couple of years from now, when you walk past that person or when you walk past those people, they can feel shame because they doubted you and now you are successful. While they may have not doubted your ability to be successful, it's something that they doubted you with and being able to prove people wrong is important while it isn't the soul focus yeah the soul focus it's important because it shows them that you were capable from the start and there was nothing different about you it just took you a little longer to understand it just took you a little longer to grasp the concept but after some time you were able to push through and I am very excited for that day to come while I'm already doing that now mm-hmm. I just feel like once I get my degrees and settle in an actual job my point would be solidified okay well it's good to it's good for it's important for us to interact in our environment and to teach those who interact with our environment about us and for us to express our core values, our principles, our modus operandi, the things that we hold dear to our heart, our goals, while proving points and proving uh, ourselves is important. We know that at the end of the day, the sole focus is for us to grow, develop, improve, and also make a difference in our environment. You know, the words that come to mind after this uh, conversation is the words are the, the Good Timber, um, the poem Good Timber by Mike Malakam. The tree that never had to fight for sun and sky and air and light, but stood out in the open plain and always got share of rain. Never became a forest king, but lived and died a scrubby thing. The man who never had to toil to gain and farm his patch of soil. Who never had to win his share of sun and sky and light and air. Never became a manly man, but lived and died as he began. Good timber. 
does not grow in ease. The stronger winds, the stronger trees. The further the sky, the greater the night. The more the storm, the more the strain. By sun and cold, by rain and snow, in tree and men, good timbers grow. Where thickest lies the forest growth, we find the patriarchs of both, and they hold counsel with the stars, whose broken branches show the scars of many winds and of much strife. This is the common law of life. So, this this is a very good conversation. Thank you, Madam President. Teresa, for joining me today. It was so good to have you on as a guest. No problem. Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is The New Chemist, where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I.